are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to another Thursday edition of Locked On NBA. I am Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked On Rockets. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. He is Matt Moore, senior NBA writer at the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets, who you can follow at HP Basketball. Now, Matt, if I told you, if I told you that you could get $100 million by leaving Action Network and coming to work with me and then subsequently did nothing for you to help you achieve that $100 million, how would you feel? I'd be a little miff, Jackson. I would be I would be perturbed. I would be angsty. I would be Nerland's Noel. How many adjectives are, I was I was I was interested to see how many adjectives you were, were going to pour out of you as we teed this up. So if you haven't heard, Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, Nerland's Noel, the big story right now where Nerland's is is upset and rightfully so, I believe, and we're gonna dive into this, as to what's going on with his representation or I guess lack thereof with, with clutch sports. And he feels that he has missed out on how much money did he, did he cite $58 million is what he's seeking as far as damages go. Not a small amount. Not, not a, not, not a, not a couple, not, not a couple bucks. It's uh, it's rough. I think uh, the situation is fraught in terms of trying to talk about it for a number of reasons, but I think we need to, because I do think it's a major story with one of the real power brokers in the NBA. So with Rich Paul, in case you haven't heard, represents a number of high tier NBA players, high, you know, marquee, uh, you know, marquee players, uh, the likes of which such as LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Ben Simmons, Draymond Green, Lonzo Ball, the list goes on and on and on and on for Rich Paul. Now, to set the table with what went on with Nerland's Noel, essentially a lawsuit has now been instigated by Nerland's Noel seeking damages uh, against Rich Paul because he feels that Rich Paul did not do his due diligence as an age as his agent, trying to act in the best interest of him. And the story has so many different twists and turns here, Matt, with you know the fact that Rich Paul, I guess was not taking calls for certain prospective clients for yeah. Nerlens Noel, convinced him to leave his current representation, Happy Walters, and basically told him, hey, I can make you a $100 million man, and convinced him to turn down his deal with the Dallas Mavericks, losing out on all of that money. What was that? $70 million? Yeah. The Mavs were going to pay him $70 million over four years. And Nerlens Noel turned that deal down. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I remember what that summer that they were – supposed to be negotiating a longer term deal. And, you know, there was just a lot of talk about how that was going to work out. It's not the first look players switch agents a lot. Like it works for some, it's like anything else where it's like, Oh, I like this person, but not this person. I like this doctor, but not that doctor. You work with different people. Sometimes you click and sometimes you don't. There is, I think a pretty worrisome trend in terms of Paul kind of built himself as this like real power broker. And in part, part of the conversation that's I think difficult is it's been presented very much through like a racial lens of a predominantly white agent base. Not entirely. There's a lot of, there's a lot of African-American agents, black agents in the league. Um, But it was presented as basically 
Paul was kept out because he was just this guy that LeBron found and they thought that he you know, couldn't do this. And then he was like, no, we can, and we don't have to play by your rules. And that's been like the clutch MO is like, we don't have to play by your rules. We're going to do it our way. And that's worked really well for LeBron James. And I don't know why, maybe that's because he's LeBron James just spitballing that that's why. Um, and then Anthony, it worked out really well for Anthony Davis because LeBron James wanted him. Like that's part of the conversation here, but like Marquise Morris frustrated and left the agency. Other guys have had issues and left the agency. And oftentimes what you're seeing is guys that Paul represents wind up, if they're not the mega star, they wind up really pushing the limits and then costing themselves money or opportunities or situations. And that's getting to be like a worrisome trend. I think it's definitely true that like Paul has majorly in like clutch is a very powerful agency now. Like they're an extremely powerful agency. And so if you're going to be powerful, you're going to have a lot of clients. And if you're going to have a lot of clients, you're going to have some that are upset. But when you have the story out about, it's one thing when it's like, okay, you know, it didn't work out with this guy. It didn't work out with this guy, but you know, that happens. But when you have a guy claiming that he has word from other organizations, and this is like the really concerning part is like, are these people going to come in and testify if this goes to suit? Like, will they be in court saying like, no, I was never contacted by Rich Paul offering this deal. Do you want to get involved in that? What are the repercussions if you're a GM and you go in and you testify against clutch sports? How is that going to impact you in the future? This is a messy situation. Man, you know, and you talk about the other organizations involved here. I mean, we can go through this list and find, right? The, the, I think the two names that jump out, right, were the 76ers and the the Houston Rockets, actually, that had interest in pursuing Nerlens Noel and were unable to do so because representation just never got back to them. They were never able to never able to make contact with him. Um, and we know that there was at least, and I can you know attest to this one. We know that the Houston Rockets definitely had interest in Nerlens Noel. Were trying to trade for him at one point in time because they didn't envision going small ball full time and running PJ Tucker into the ground. They wanted Nerlens Noel as their, um, you know, for lack of better terms, dollar store Clint Capella, right? And so there was definitely interest between the Rockets organization and Nerlens Noel in the past. And so you're right. I think that's really interesting is what do these organizations do if, you know, you're brought forward to testify to, you know, verify these claims about what happened. And I think that you hit the nail on the head, right, is if you're not one of the big time primetime guys or to add on to that point, right, if you're not LeBron James, if you're not Anthony Davis, I will say that, right, they've taken care of some of the guys who like LeBron wants in his back pocket, right? So like you look at like Contavious Caldwell Pope, right? He got paid, right? But Tristan. He was a LeBron guy, Tristan Thompson, another good one. Exactly. Right. So if you're one of those guys, then I feel like you're still probably in good hands. But then if you're one of the other guys, one of the fringe guys near the bottom of the bottom of the barrel for clutch sports, then you're going to deal with what Nerlens Noel is apparently dealing with, which was just no representation, no plan, no strategy on how to maximize his you know, earning potential as an NBA player. And that goes directly against Rich Paul and his you know, oath, right. As an NBA agent to act in the best interest of his client, which at the end of the day is what's so mind boggling to me is because wouldn't you want to be, to act in the best interest of all of your clients, right? Because at the end of the day, you get paid what they get paid. Right. So to then just be, you know, negligible and not, 
you know, put in even a little, even just a remote amount of work, right? Just nothing whatsoever to help Nerland's Noel out. It's mind boggling. So it's important to know that this is what Nerland's claims, right? Like that's the report is like, this is Nerland's side of it. And Clutch hasn't put out like their perspective on this. It's, I would say that it's true that Nerlens hasn't had the best reputation as being somebody to work with for teams. And maybe that carried over to agency. Maybe it was a communication issue. Maybe they couldn't work out those things. That's speculative, right? Like that's all we can do at this point is be speculative. Uh, I do think in this situation, you have to kind of, I want to wait and see how one, the league reacts to it, how other players react to it. Cause like, here's a real question is, one of the things that clutch has really done is they've built this whole idea of like, it's us versus everybody else. Like it's us, like we're taking the power back from these, these traditional power structures, uh, which by the way are in uh, not entirely, but dramatically incredibly white, right? Like that's part of the, of the dynamic in play here, but players tend to stick together. So like I have, I have real interest in seeing are the players going to defend Nerland's Noel, one of their own, because players often stick together, or will they rally around Rich Paul and say, like, no, this isn't how it went down? Or will they just kind of like, this is business and we're gonna stay outside of it, which is probably what happens. But I think it's gonna be difficult to get particulars for Nerland's in terms of getting this information out in the public the way that they're gonna need to, because part of it is the agency is so powerful. I would I don't know that fear is the right word. I would say there's a real awareness of watching what happened to New Orleans when clutch sports turned on them and what resulted from that uh, with the Anthony Davis departure. Like that wasn't just, oh, a guy wanted out and he got traded. It was messy and it was ugly and it was public and it cost people jobs. So I'll be very interested to see how this like whole thing plays out. But I do think, um, it is dramatic in the sense of clutch has been one of the more, one of the agencies that has put itself out there when media reports about deals come through. Right. You'll notice like they were one of the first to be like rich, you know, clutch sports CEO, rich Paul tells whoever that like they put themselves out there uh, and they've wanted to kind of, again, change kind of the control and change the power and very, make it very public and make like rich Paul's had himself like profiles. Like he's a superstar. Like he is a, he is a celebrity of in and of himself. So I'll be curious to see what happens with how this plays out, given the fact that they do have so much power, even if so much of that power is dependent upon LeBron. Definitely an interesting story and one that obviously we will keep you posted here as soon as we get more updates and it becomes uh, less speculative in nature. But coming up, we want to dive into NBA stock market. Southwest division is where we're going to start as we are working towards the start of the 2021-2022 NBA campaign. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Sweat Block because look, nobody likes sweating. Sweating is gross. Matt, do you like sweating? Not a fan. Yeah, right? I mean, you know, and I mean, situationally, right? If you're working out, sure, like sweating is fine. But if you're just going about your day, about to go meet some friends, going out for a job interview, maybe you're going on a first date or something, right? Sweating can be uncomfortable. It can be, it can cause anxiety. Nobody wants to deal with it. 
and you don't have to anymore with sweat block. It's doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use. They have a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by actual firefighters, and it's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. The way sweat block works is you apply it at night before you go to bed, wake up the next morning, go about your routine, shower, get dressed, put makeup on, do whatever you got to do, right? Go throughout your day, but without the worry of sweating through your clothes. Look, I live in Houston, Texas. The humidity here is unbearable. Sweatblock really does work. And you can check it out. Get 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on. Also available at Amazon and CVS. So again, check out Sweatblock. Get rid of the anxiety. Get rid of the worry. All of that with 20% off using promo code LOCKEDON at Sweatblock.com. And continuing on here at Locked On NBA Thursday, he is Matt Moore. I am Jackson Gatlin, and we are diving into NBA stock market because we need to kind of evaluate how we're feeling about some of these teams as we have kind of hit the lull in the offseason. A lot of the moves have been made. There's, you know, still time for teams to make some adjustments and changes headed into the regular season, but by and large, a lot of the movement has been completed. So with that, we're going to dive headfirst into the Southwest Division and figure out are we buyers, are we sellers of the team in the Southwest or the teams in the Southwest Division? And I think Matt, before we dive in, I feel like we should at least like do we want to structure the Southwest division like one through five before we dive in? I feel like there's a very yeah. clear power structure in the Southwest division. Yeah. I mean, I would say that too. Like you've got, well, no, actually oh. I can't do, I, I, I'll say, I'll say this. I think that there's the Mavericks and the Grizzlies. And then I think there's the Spurs and the Pelicans. And then I think there's the Rockets, but I don't yeah. necessarily know that. But I don't necessarily know that there's like, I'm not willing to go ahead and say, well, there's clearly the Mavericks and then there's everybody else or there's the Mavericks and then the gap. I'm not willing to go there right now. Okay. Well, that's a little bit different than me. I definitely was still willing to put the Mavericks in a tier of their own, followed by Pelicans and Grizz, then Spurs and then Rockets on their own. I was, and then they hired Jason Kidd. And you know what? That's fair. And that's, that's as good a place to start as any is... Even besides the Jason Kidd hire, it's really hard for me to bet against Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I like a couple of the, I like that they re-upped on certain guys, Tim Hardaway Jr. I like that they brought in Sterling Brown. I think he is going to be a huge asset to them. He had a really incredible year for the Houston Rockets. I thought he was going to be a fringe guy. Uh, you know, when they signed him, you know, and then obviously the plethora of injuries that the Houston Rockets dealt with, I made sure to jump on social media and be like, okay, the Mavericks are going to love this guy. Like he is exactly the type of player you want to slot next to a Luka Doncic type. And so honestly, I'm, I'm buying the Mavericks this season. That's, that's kind of where I'm at, but you are on the other end of this. I'm holding. That's my thing. Okay. I'm, I'm holding. I have some stock. Uh, two years ago, I was too low on them. I was like, they can't defend anybody. How is the team going to be any good? And then they shot, they had like the best offensive efficiency in NBA history until last season. Um, and so last year I was like, oh, I'm all in. Like, it doesn't matter who you have. It doesn't matter what's going on. You have Luca. And then they kind of underperformed. They barely went over. I'm at the point of, of holding. I just got to stress this. Like there's a lot of noise about like how much players like Jason Kidd as coach. I would very much like those people to go talk to literally anyone that's not Giannis Antetokounmpo 
with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, I went up there and did a feature on Giannis the the preseason when Bud came in. And you try and ask these questions. Like you can't ask like, hey, so how much better is it now that Jason Kidd's gone? Because they're not going to answer that. But if you say like, what's different about training camp, about the vibe, about being around the team? It was not hard to find people very enthusiastic about the change. Like smart players like Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon. Those two guys did not really make it all that much of a secret. Even if they would say good things about Jason Kidd and what he did for their careers, there were a lot of very transparent ways in which Jason Kidd did not coach well with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he had okay stints with the Brooklyn Nets. I think he was okay there. But I have a lot of concerns about the actual on-court coaching and especially about the personality management. If he and Luca do not get along, it's going to be a goddamn disaster. If they do get along, then maybe nothing else matters and everyone else can be miserable and who cares because Luca likes kid. Like, but that's that all, but that's like, also a scare. I'm I'm gonna say, as somebody who's covered the Houston Rockets, that's a scary power dynamic to fall into when your star player starts to fall in love with his head coach, general manager, right? Because then you fall down a slippery slope of how much do you cater to your star player? Obviously, yeah. you cater a lot, but at what point do you say, okay, no, 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 we can't concede, we can't concede ground on this topic, right? Or we can't make this move just to accommodate you, right? How does that power structure play into the whole Luka Doncic, Kristaps Porzingis situation, right? Right. There's a lot of there's a lot at play here. Yeah. So there's tension there. We got Jason Kidd. They don't really. I don't. I can't really look at them like they needed Powell because he's a rim threat. That's why they kept WCS. But neither of those guys you look at as like great rim runners. Cleaver was really good for them. But this is the problem: is like. All their guys where you're like, oh, he was really good for them are guys that you want like down a notch from where they are in the pecking order. Um, like re-signing THJ for that money is hard to argue with given his production and percentage and all that. You just don't look at THJ as like a star. It's not Clay Thompson, right? It's not, it's not even CJ McCollum. So I don't know what to make of him because you're right. There's, like, there's, there's you so many parallels that. here between, I'm sorry, there's just so many parallels between what it, what, you know, I had dubbed for a long time the James Harden effect, or I guess you call it the LeBron James effect, whatever, is those guys, those heliocentric offensive juggernauts who carry an offense and make all the play all the role players around them look phenomenal. Now it's also the Luka Doncic effect where he's gonna get guys paid throughout his career. And they're yeah. not necessarily guys that on other teams would be thriving the way that they are, but because of the system that they run, because of how everything is focused on that one guy and he's able to create for others, they're gonna get paid. So I'll hold. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about the, the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. So no Grayson Allen. Let Justice Winslow walk, decline the option. He's gone. More time for DeAnthony Melton than Desmond Bain, which is good because they were phenomenal last year. Ja, uh, probably, uh, you know, hopefully a healthier season for him. He was banged up early in the season. Still had a really good year. You're hoping the, the three-point shot kind of comes through. Uh, traded Jonas Valanciunas. That's a big deal basically turn Jonas Valanciunas into Juancho Hernan Gomez and Jarrett Culver. Not great. Uh, and, and, and Zaire Williams, who they're very, very, very high on. Um, but a rookie, right? I think it's easy to look at this and go, they got worse. I'm still very high on Memphis because of their backcourt. 
I have a lot of concerns about their front court with losing Jonas, even by getting Steven Adams in there to replace. I think there's a defensive downgrade. I think it's a little bit of an offensive downgrade, uh, but I still feel like they have so many weapons and this team is so deep. And I feel like Taylor Jenkins is underrated as a coach. Uh, I'm buying Grizzly stock next season. I don't, I feel like it's kind of a cop out because I've also been really high on the Grizzlies and they've actually been the team that I've been like looking at as, as the, the Rockets were dealing with their turmoil and all that mess, right. Is just, okay, well, what team, what team can I actively say? Oh, let me pull for this squad. Right. I kind of want to hold on the Grizzlies because I'm interested to see what they actually look like. I agree with all the points that you made. And while I'm still really high on John Morant and really high on what they're doing there, I think that, I think that Valanciunas was a huge part of some of their, of a lot of their success this past season, you know, going, going into the play in tournament, going into those, those really critical games. I mean, you saw how important he was to their team, both offensively and defensively, how much they leaned on him at times as this, like, not driving force, but just what do I want to say, like a pillar of like continuity in their system. It felt like like they could just lean on him at times, and so I think they're going to be sorely missing that. So I'm going to hold on the Grizzlies right now. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fair to wait and see how they do. Basically, if Jaw makes a jump in three point percentage, that's going to change so much about what they're able to do offensively. And Jaron Jackson, you know, Jackson I think is, has the most questions of any player, uh, one of the most questions of any player in the league, honestly, because heavy injuries was really looked like a star in the making his rookie season. And then has kind of stagnated due to the injuries, COVID everything else. He needs to come in with a, my biggest thing for him is he needs to come in with a go-to move or two, just like, okay, if you know, I'm going to face up and if they play off of me, I'm going to jab step jumper. I'm going to go middle and go to a floater, like something. I need something from him in, in terms of, if he's got the ball, how does he do something with it rather than kind of improvising every single time? Um, if he could do that, I think he and Ja can can make that leap and and get the Grizzlies. They were even better than I than I expected last season. And I, you know, maybe I'm I'm falling into the trap after two years of downplaying them. Uh, I'm gonna get bit by going over, but I feel like there's something special going on just because Ja is so good. All right, coming up, we're going to wrap up stock exchange, not stock exchange, stock market. Why can't I talk? Things are weird. <laughs> we're going to wrap it up with Rockets, Pelicans, and Spurs coming up in just a moment after a message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, when it comes to protein bars, if you've never had one that you actually care about, that you've enjoyed, you got to check out Built Bar. They've got so many amazing flavors on their menu. Raspberry, mint chocolate brownie, double chocolate, coconut brownie chunk, my personal favorite. Cookies and cream, you can't go wrong with a single flavor. Every single bar, low cal, low sugar high protein, high fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. Great if you're trying to lose weight. Just grab a couple of them heading out the more, you know, heading out the door in the morning, that kind of thing. That's how I eat my built bars. You can check them out. Just visit builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your very next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. We're also brought to you today by Bet Online. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season, even in Houston, kind of. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now 
at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers ugh, and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked On NBA Thursday, continuing on with NBA stock market Southwest Division. Now, we're teeing up the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm going to buy Pelican stock. I'm buying okay. Pelican stock. I'm just starting it on, on, the, on the jump. And I want to just, first off, I feel like, and this was the this was the one that it had as soon as the news broke that they were bringing on Mike D'Antoni as a consultant, not even an assistant coach, just a consultant. I immediately envisioned Point Zion averaging like 35, 12, and 12. Sure. Like just absolutely like put the ball in his hands. He's gonna dominate all of that. But I think that they're almost like they're they're kind of poised to have a season where they finally make a little bit of that jump. And I think Zion's going to be a big part of it. I've just, I've been a big believer in, in Zion. I've been a big believer in Brandon Ingram and it's just about putting it all, putting all the little pieces together. And I kind of think it's going to happen this season. I like. I honestly thought that Devonte Graham bringing him in was an okay consolation prize for missing out on, uh, on, you know, one of the, on missing out on Kyle Lowry, essentially yeah. not the worst plan B that you could have had, right? To put a guy like that next to Zion, especially if, and again, I think this is what we're going to see is the ball in Zion, Zion's hands significantly more this upcoming season. Yeah. I mean, Devontae's a great shooter. He can't finish inside, but you have one of the most dynamic dominating forces finishing inside in the league. Um, I'm holding. And this is two holds for me. This division is very difficult for me. So the, because the problem is it's not coach here, it's roster, right? That's what kind of gets, you've got with the Mavericks, it's okay. Luke is amazing, but what about the coach and the rosters? Yeah. Here, I don't know how to judge Willie Green. It's his first, first time as head coach comes in with a great reputation. Um, but new coach, we'll see how it goes. Pressure pack situation. The conversation about him, about Zion, is so difficult. Obviously, the stuff about the Knicks continues to percolate. A lot of it is, there is like this building discussion point, which this is, I, I was talking to somebody that covers the Pelicans, and he was mentioned, and he was like, you know, Zion wasn't happy in high school. Like, he, he's been a guy that's always been kind of dissatisfied wherever he's been, and maybe that's just because he's so driven. You know, he's just, he's, he wants to be great. He's also just young, and that's part of it. This team is still really young, right? Like Nikhil Alexander Walker is still in his you know third season. Um, you've still got you know Kyra Lewis second year. You've got all these guys that are still so young. You know, really like the veterans on this team. Garrett Temple. <laughs> Garrett, I was about to say Garrett Temple is the veteran of this team, and Garrett Temple doesn't really feel like a veteran in my eyes. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. Yeah, Jonas Valanciunas, who's been in the league for nine seasons. Um, Ingram, 
who's been around for five and Tomas Sadaransky that's been around for five. Josh Hart is next on with four, but a lot of these guys that are going to be in the rotation are very, very young. Trey Murphy Whoa, was really the amazing. disrespect to Willie Hernan Gomez. Come on. Yeah. yeah. The, the lesser <laughs> Hernan Gomez. Um, like the, the, the roster is young and still relatively unproven. It's so much of it is just like Zion. I have, a, I will say this. I continue to have like a lot of questions about the chemistry this team has never looked like a team that loves to that is loving playing together. Like, I don't know what that is, but it gives me pause. This team doesn't seem tight. They don't seem close. They don't seem like bunkered in. Maybe that changes because it does change year to year. I can see that like developing over time. Maybe Garrett Temple is the guy that brings them closer. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Devante. Like who knows, but maybe it's Willie green. Maybe it's Willie green. Maybe he's the one that fosters that kind of culture. Right because they just did not have any of that the last two seasons, not just last year, year before it was a concern. Like that was one reason I was down them last year was they looked like they didn't like playing together. They looked like they did not want to be there in the bubble and who's, how can you blame them? But especially well, compared to everybody else, they looked like it. So Zion's so good. You know, what? I've talked to myself out of it. I got to sell the Pelicans. I, I like, I love Zion. He's such a dominant force. Well, you were also really high on Trey Murphy. You said he was the really best guy you saw in yeah, summer. He was league. the best guy I saw at summer league, but that's a rookie. And so for me, there's too many question marks in too tough of a conference. I'll go ahead and I'll sell Pelican stock. Okay. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Spurs because I need you to help make sense of this for me because it's like an unwritten law in the universe for 20 years that the Spurs are going to be decent. But you look at this roster. We're selling Spurs, Matt. We're just doing it. We're just we're, doing just, it. We're betting against Popovich, against everything that, that history has told us. We're betting against Greg Popovich. I know it's the dumbest thing. Like three weeks ago, if you'd asked me, I would have been like, yeah, the Spurs are still going to be in the mix for the play-in. Like, absolutely. Popovich is going to find some way to get every ounce of production out of this team that you could, you know, it just it becomes inconceivable at some point uh, uh, as to the teams that he has, you know, been able to bring along and continue to make, you know, some, I don't want to say noise because that's, it's not right. It's not noise, but like, right. It, it doesn't make sense to historically. It hasn't made sense to bet against Greg Popovich, but I agree with you. I think you look at this team and you lose Patty Mills, you lose Rudy Gay, you lose DeMar DeRozan, who is huge. Like, no, they're, this is, they are fully, in in their rebuild mode i think they were clinging on for a little while there and now they're fully you know indoctrinated into what is now the rebuilding culture atmosphere whatever word you want to throw at the wall there and so i think it's safe to sell the spurs that's where i thought they would i thought they would reload with somebody and they just didn't and you look at this like here are the guys with more than five years of experience on this team thaddeus young alpha rukaminu doug mcdermott that's it that's it you've got Devin Vessel, Trey Jones, Daquan Jeffries, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Zach Collins, Drew Eubanks, DeJounte Murray, Chandler Hutchinson, Derek White. Like, it's all young dudes. It's all young dudes that aren't stars. They do not have bringing a back, They're bringing Walker. back Bryn Forbes. They're going to they're gonna roll out like a five-guard starting lineup. I thought the Rockets were going to be impressive starting John Wall, <laughs> Kevin Porter Jr., and Jalen Green, and the Spurs might actually give them a run for their money. Like you could, you could tell me that, that you could honestly, after watching it last year, like doing some, some tape on it, you could tell me that Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Drew Eubanks, Lonnie Walker, or Keldon Johnson were their best player this season. And I would believe any of them. 
because there's no clear candidate to separate themselves apart. And that's just a yikes. So I, I'm with you. I think we got to sell. I hate doing this because it's just, they're so sound in so many areas, but at some level, you just got to have talent. And unless DeJounte Murray pops back to the guy that he was before the ACL injury, where he was hitting threes in preseason and looked like he was primed for a superstar jump, unless that guy comes back, we got to sell. I'm with you. Okay. I think that was, and I, I know it took us a little bit to get there, but I'm proud of us for both getting there and making that call. And I cannot wait for Greg Popovich to turn around and embarrass us later yeah. on in the season and prove us wrong and, and that we should have bought Spurs stock. But that brings us to the final team on the docket in the Southwest Division. The team with the worst record in the association this past calendar year and the team that drafted Jalen Green number two overall, the Houston Rockets. Now, Matt, I'm going to start with you. Are you buying? Now, I want to preface this, right? We're not exclusively buying or selling just on like basis of wins and losses, right? Or is that is that the exclusive parameter for buying and selling? Okay. All right. So you're talking because about like you want you want to find a way to buy this 15 win team y'all are about to throw out. It's not exclusively that. It's like relative to how they did last season. Then like, I feel like this team is going to have some notched improvements if only because they're bringing in a bunch of exciting rookies. I don't think they're going to be, I, I still firmly believe against all of the Rockets fandom who are pushing for the play in tournament for this Rockets team. I'm like, what? Gotta, I, I know I'm like, I'm like, you've got to temper your expectations a little bit there. This team is not pushing for the play. And that's kind of where I'm at. They're going to be a fun, exciting team. They're going to put up, a, they're going to have some really amazing offensive nights. Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen Green are going to be electric with each other on the court. But they've also still got this weird mix of veterans, gigantic question marks with John Wall and Eric Gordon. You know, this team is going to be a team that isn't pushing for much of anything. That said, I think they're still going to make an improvement over where they were last season, which was 17 and 55. And they're going to be fun as hell while doing it. Yeah. Well, okay. I have so to I'm warn <laughs> you. I feel like I have to, to be the guy here with you. Just, I don't want you getting blindsided. There are so many young teams that are quote unquote fun. Cause they have all these athletes and good players that can score and all this talent. And it's still by January. You're like, Oh man, this team sucks. Like they're just not good enough. Cause they're too young. Right. And like, that's kind of the model. Now, maybe, maybe they figure out a way to play John Wall, KPJ and Jalen together in some sort of way that makes sense. And maybe that like changes it. <sighs> like they were 27th in defense last year. And I kind of feel like they are going to get worse on that end. And there comes a point where in these kind of years where it's just, there's nothing kind of holding the team together, right? They're not focused. Everyone's just kind of like going through the season, doing their thing. And it can feel very disconnected. Maybe they shock everybody. Cause like, I want to believe in Silas. Like I really want to believe in Silas and think that he can, he can make this happen. I, I just wind up having a little bit of concern for, you have a lot of different, not agendas, it's it's okay for players to have agendas. Like this is the pros. It's the NBA. People have agendas. They have their own career aspirations. Like John Wall 
probably wants to compete for the playoffs. Jalen Green just wants to have like a get his career started. I think KPJ is probably aiming for a contract. Christian Wood wants to put himself on the map. Like, I don't know how you're going to make all that fit together in something that works while also playing something some that resembles defense. Is there a counter for that? There's not. No, I, I think that you know, I think defense is going to be one of the biggest question marks for this team. Clearly when you've got, when you're going to be trotting out so many rookies and, you know, just younger into the spectrum NBA players, that's going to be, and now I do think that it's, it has a chance to get a little bit better, not noticeably. It's still going to be probably still easily, probably bottom, bottom fifth, bottom sixth of the league. But a big part of the defensive issues last season was because they had this revolving door of players. They could no, they could develop no consistency, yeah. all of that. Yeah. You're giving Steven Silas an actual training camp this year without a, you know, frustrated James Harden, you know, tearing it up in Las Vegas, uh, all of the, the cloud hanging over the organization. And so you're right. I do want to buy, I, I kind of want to buy stock in Steven Silas. And again, it's not that this team is going to push for the play-in tournament. It's that they're going to make, the most of their current situation, right? They're going to yeah. have the young guys develop. They're going to be a team that goes out there and ha- maybe, you know, is the team that, you know, steals a couple games here and there with some flashy performances from KPJ and Jalen Green, that kind of thing. And it really, it, a lot of it hinges on what John Wall buys into, right? Does John yeah. Wall buy into this veteran mentorship role where he, you know, does the right thing and teaches these young guards how to really be a pro's pro in the NBA, or does he go out there and sulk that he's not playing for a team that's actually, you know, playing for something right. Competing for playoffs or a championship, something of that nature. A lot of it hangs on what John wall and how he kind of interprets the situation. If Oladipo hadn't bailed on them pretty much from the moment he got traded. um, I genuinely think that if they had gotten Wall, Depot, and Christian Wood together, that that team would have been decent. Like, I saw a lot of, like, good principles from what Silas was teaching early on. Like, and the record with those three was really good. I think my problem is, like, they've, they're now going to a lot of players that are younger, more inconsistent, and that just usually breeds trouble. I think that they'll, I think the best way to put it um, in terms of, you're right that they'll be exciting and fun in the good moments. Like this is kind of the way to think of it is like those nights when it's like a Friday night and all of a sudden like, man, like the Rockets are up six on the suns, you know, and Jalen's like going off for 35. Those are going to be really fun nights. There are going to be a lot of the Rockets lost one, one Oh five to one thirty six. Like there'll be a lot of those, but I think in the middle of it, you're still going to walk out feeling really excited about the future of Rockets basketball, which is really what the whole franchise needed after how much of just a bummer last season and really the season before was. So yeah. I'll say um, I am. I'm selling stock on them winning games and I'm selling stock on it being this like completely just like super fun, no pressure season. Like it will get to, it's always a drag watching a team get its ass kicked every night. But I do, I am buying like the future in terms of I like Silas and the cap management and their options going forward and Jalen green. What's the, uh, what's the terminology, the stock market terminology for when you're buying, are we, are we, we're just buying and selling futures that we're doing, we're doing now. Well, I guess I think that's I'm, just in general index, index funds. I think, the best way to think about it is like we're actively shorting the the Spurs. That's what we're doing. It's like we're actively shorting the Spurs. I think this is more of like um, 
yeah, like we'll buy some stock for later, but it's not a big part of our portfolio. There we go. That, and that's 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 why I prefaced the way that I did. And that's exactly where I find myself as well. But Matt, this has been an absolute pleasure going through this. And we're going to have you covered for more NBA stock market moving forward as we're navigating the NBA offseason. Uh, Matt, anything you want to throw in before we wrap this thing up? Uh, just check out everything on the Locked On Network because it's amazing and awesome. And make sure to listen to Locked On Rockets because Jackson's great. Um, with all, with that said, you've got to also listen to Locked on Nuggets because Matt, I think, is also great. He's he's pretty cool. Even though he bullies me. Okay, yeah, we got to go back to our dynamic of, of dis, yeah. disliking each other, faking dislike for each other, fake, feigning fake dislike. dislike. Fake there dislike. we go. Yeah, that, that's what it is. With that, that's going to do it for another edition of Locked on NBA Thursday. If you haven't yet, please check out and subscribe to the brand new Locked on NBA YouTube channel as well as subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast, be it Apple, Spotify, Google, and the brand new Odyssey app. Locked On is free and available on every single platform that you can imagine. So we would sincerely appreciate it if you check it out and subscribe at all those locations. You can follow Matt for all his musings at HP Basketball. You can also find me at JT Gatlin on the Twitter sphere. But for today's show, that's going to do it. Thanks for watching, listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked On NBA.